Hey, this is Kat Stancic. I almost didn't know my last name with the lead boss with the Revenue Accelerator. And today I have Diana Needham. Now, Diana is actually the CEO and founder of Business Book Partners in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Went to school down in that area. Um, and she makes magic happen. And let me tell you, I can speak from firsthand experience that it's absolutely true. Um, she's been doing this since 2008 with the big, uh, the business book partners um, who provide book marketing strategy and self-publishing services to entrepreneurs like all of us speakers and business leaders. Now she's created over 90 plus best-selling authors in a row with a proven system that works. Now, again, I'm actually speaking from firsthand experience. So if you guys want to know whether or not she's actually being able to walk or walk, I'm telling you right now, she does. Uh, she helped myself and my co-author Tobin Slavin go and reach multiple bestseller status, actually international bestseller status as well with our book, Experts Never Chase. Now, Diana, how did you get into this? Because it's not like, you know, every little kid wakes up and goes, I want to be a book savant <laughs> in publishing and marketing when I grow up. Uh, that's an interesting question. And I actually, I think you and I, Kat, have a similar background in that I come from large corporate. Mm. Uh, and I actually ran the program office for the entire retail side of Chase. Mm. So that project managed, no but that... Uh, that project management thing is like in my blood. Um, mm -hmm. So kind of long, like, like one of the side things that makes me different, I think, from a lot of people that work with authors is that there is a proven process. Mm -hmm. Get on here and I promise you we will get there fastest path without detours, without confusion, without without rework. But how I got here is, you know, just like a lot of people, um, the corporate environment was not healthy. And uh, we were in the midst of a merger. We, I, I was with a bank that was bought by Chase. Yeah. So we went from being the bank that was acquiring to the bank that was being acquired. And that is a whole different. That's yeah, a different side <laughs> of the coin to be on for sure. <laughs> so it became, it became really stressful um, because I had two pagers, one for the departments I managed, one for the integration with Chase. And I had no time to work with my people. Mm. So they, that took away, like, that's what I loved the most, you know, about yeah. the role that I had was being able to mentor and work with people. So I decided that it was time for me to go. And um, I tried some other different things. But I tell you, when the first author showed up in my world, it was like, okay, this is it. <laughs> and it happened to be somebody whose book had been out for a year. And she was really disappointed. You know, mm -hmm. she poured her heart and soul and into getting this because someone said to her, Claire, you should write a book. Because she'd written all these articles for women's magazines. And, you know, so she did. A lot of hours, blood, sweat and tears, money, dollars. And, you know, a year later, she sold 57 copies primarily to friends and family. Well, that's not exactly why she wrote the book. Yeah. So what we did was we kind of rewound the whole thing. And, and the real, the truth is the book wasn't targeted enough. Mm. It was a great book, just wasn't targeted enough. So we were able to revive it and relaunch it. And then she went on to write the book that she should have written to start with. <laughs> uh, 
just because she didn't have a good strategy at the beginning with the you first know, I feel like that's a common entrepreneurial tale. It's not one that I think <laughs> a lot of people realize that people have, you know, I mean, we've all heard the rags to riches, you know, roll your eyes <laughs> kind of story and, and the hero's journey kind of thing. But this is a little bit different. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who've written a book um, and, and I'll use myself as a firsthand experience where the first book that I wrote, I wrote it to write it. And I was able to get bestseller status, but it wasn't something I was really proud to really market. So it wasn't a reflection of who I wanted to be working with. It was a reflection of who I was working with, but it wasn't really helping me position myself as the authority that I was becoming essentially. So it wasn't representing my future self. And I think that there's a lot of people who maybe have written a book and they may be teetering in that kind of playground, right? Of It's not really something that they're leveraging in their marketing. Um, so either they're rewriting it, they're thinking of a new book. What can people do if they have, you know, some authority and they're wanting to leverage either the book that they've written, maybe they're proud of it or not, or they're in the midst of writing their new book. How do you use a book effectively when it comes to marketing? Well, you know, the, and I know, you know, this cat and our audience knows this too. It all starts with there's some key questions that you really need to be clear about at the very beginning. And the first one is around, why am I writing this? Like, what's the big heart story? I have to dig a lot of times to get the heart story behind the book. Why is this so important? Because you don't want to be writing the wrong book and you don't want to be writing something that you don't have passion around, but what is the heart story Mm. behind the book? So you know, and it, that's not an easy thing for a lot of people to fig- figure out. And I've got all sorts of stories about that. But, you know, knowing with the why and then the who, like, who am I writing this for? The your ideal client, you just said something, Kat, that's really important. It's the client that you want to attract now, not the ones that you used to work with that while you love them, you're at a different level now. So yeah. Who are those people? And to the extent that we we need to be as clear as possible so that our message is sort of like a dog whistle, Mm. right? It's like you put it out and like the dogs hear you. They can't hear you if you're talking over here to some general, (laughs) you know, but you know what? Let the cats and the raccoons move on, right? <laughs> they're they're it's like, it's, it's like a dog, <laughs> it's like a dog whistle. If you're gonna go to this much effort, write the book that speaks to your ideal client, the one that you want to bring into your world. And we have a lot of resistance against niching down. Yeah, yeah. We um, we just we just do. No, I, I, I think that that's one of the things that a lot of people struggle with, right? Which is, what do you want to fish with a big net that has big gaps in it because you're trying to catch these big old fishes and people aren't typically always catching big whales or do you want to narrow down the size of the net in terms of the holes that go in so you capture the right kind of fish? Um, so, you know, how, how does one go out? Like, you know, let's assume, because so many questions. Let's start with this. Where do you really fit into the picture between concept to like making money from your book? Like there's publishing somewhere in the, in between all that, yeah. but where do you fit in and where do you see people go so wrong? 
Well, you know, ideally, I love to work with people that are at the beginning. Yeah. And so they, they've they got this big message. They've got something big they want to share with the world. And something inside them is saying, it's time now, <laughs> right? You might have been carrying it around for eight years, five years, 10 years, but like there's something that's internal that's saying, this is the time for yeah. you to get it out. And you know that. And you also know that if you had this book in your hand, you could leverage it to attract those amazing clients and grow your network and get more referral partners and get on more podcasts and perhaps create an online course and, 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 right? Like, you know, you know that the money is coming on the other side of the yes. book, yes. right? So when I work with people from the beginning, they've got some idea, even if it's vague, mm. which we refine and we figure out those answers to those key questions. We know who it is, what the problem is that we're solving, what we want to be known for, what's the result that we want from this book. Mm -hmm. And when I can know the result, then the way my brain, I just said about the project management thing, the way my brain works is I kind of reverse engineer and go, okay, if that's the result we want, these are the people we need to get in front of. These are the podcasts we should be like, these are the things, the right things that we need to be doing while we're writing mm -hmm. and publishing to get there. So, you know, I work with people from the very beginning through this whole process, publishing the book, book cover design, interior layout, bestseller campaign, what, and what to do with it after. Yeah. And a lot of times people come to me that they want a launch. They've already written the book. Mm -hmm. And almost always almost always when we rewind and go back to those seven questions, something is missing. Uh, the last couple authors I worked with, what was missing is their heart story. Mm. The book was well done, but I, nowhere in there did I see any kind of heart story that's going to connect them to their readers. Right. And so we always have to, I don't mean this in a bad way, but almost dismantle yeah, I'm not dismantled, but like go, I read the whole thing and I go back and I say, okay, here's what I'm seeing. Mm. What's missing is it's written from more of an academic or a, you know, a fact based. What we don't know is why, why is this so important? What is the heart story behind it? Mm. And I'm launching a book today and that's in, it's in the education space. And uh, this lady hadn't even thought about, you know, yeah. her heart story, but the heart story, when I, picked, probed and prodded, uh, what I got out of her is she was that student that this book is, she wants this book to help. Right. And her parents were the parents that this book would have helped because she was the first student in her entire family to go to college. Yeah. And they had no roadmap. You know, it's so off. It's, it's interesting. Cause I think a lot of times if, if someone's listening right now and, and is going, mm, that might be missing. Um, you know, it, it always, it's always shocking, but it's not. And I think this is what happens a lot of times also in business, which is a lot of the hard story comes back down to, it's something that would have helped you if you had been in business, if you had been learning in this case, if you had been trying to do whatever it was that you're trying to do now, if you had had this resource, it would have helped you more effectively, faster, whatever it is. And it's just like when people say, you know, you are your client, right? So you are the after to their before they are a version of you in the past and you're helping them. It's this, you know, it's kind of this psychological 
therapeutic <laughs> kind of, you know, cleansing in a way. The reason we do the work that we do is to be able to make sure that other people don't have to go through the harm and the pain that we've had to go through yeah. um, and the struggle sometimes. Um, and so it is really a, a beautiful thing to be a part of when you're helping other people kind of heal so much of the world by sharing their story. Yeah. And, you know, so, and it's a hard, sometimes it's hard for people to, they just haven't thought about it in this way, mm-hmm. but the dropping us into a scene, I tell people, write it as if we're watching a movie, Yeah. present tense. Yeah. So I, this, this hard story in this book is her, she, she says, I, she opens it with, I'm not ready for college. Mm. that's the opening and the first paragraph is I as I watch my parents drive away who dropped me off in what I thought was the middle of nowhere with all my bags I have no idea how this is going to turn out all I know is they sacrificed for me to be here and I don't want to disappoint them Mm. right so anybody reading this book does not want their child to feel that way and if they've never gone to college they can't even if they did go to college so much has changed right you can't so it pulling that out of her was nowhere in the book right right that is the thing that separates her from being an academic writing this book about the you know roadmap to college from any you know she's a mom of four who went through this with four kids too. So I mean, I've been through college and gotten my MBA and I've read many a textbook and many a case study. And I really wish more of academia understood the power of storytelling. Oh Um, yeah. Because just because it's a history, I mean, even more so if it's a historical aspect of things, there's a story there and just being able to relay that. I mean, it's the best way to have someone connect, remember, kind of process the information and share it because really like that's a lot of marketing is, is this word of mouth aspect of things. Yeah. So like speaking of, you know, what can people do if they have a book or they're looking to write a book, what is the effective strategy when it comes to marketing? Like how does a book provide opportunity and what is it that people should be focusing on when it comes to the marketing? Yeah, well, you know, it kind of goes back to that foundation and those, you know, those seven questions, right? And knowing your end goal, Mm. that's another thing that people miss. It's like, okay, at the end of the day, imagine you have this book in your hand. What do you want to have happen? Mm. And they're like, they never thought about it. No, they're, they're writing a book. They want to get it out there, but they haven't really thought about what is, what is it that I really want? And so we work through that in terms of, you know, podcast opportunity. It makes, it's a lot easier to get on podcasts when you are the author of, right? Title, you know, title of the book. Uh, Speaking opportunities become so much easier. Uh, If we're working through the whole strategy piece at the beginning, we could also think about how do I structure this book so that it's a companion to a course. Mm -hmm. It's written in an order that I take clients through so that it becomes like the welcome gift to a new person coming into my program. Uh, It's the little thing they get in the mail. It's a surprise with a handwritten note and it's welcome to the program. I hope this resource is helpful to you. And it's, it closely mirrors the, you know, we have to, but that, that requires forethought. Mm. Yes. Right. So 
thinking which brings about us back to that dismantling aspect that you're talking about which is when these strategic questions aren't answered and the questions that diana is referring to are the questions that she has her anybody who's considering who's already written a book kind of answer in order to become prepared or to validate your preparation level to leverage a book effectively and so she's going to share that resource in a little bit if you guys want it the the link will be in the show notes um uh, as part of the podcast so don't worry we've got you covered there um but that 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 forethought and that strategic approach which is just the playground that i love you know playing it <laughs> Um, it is so important. It's that putting that little bit of effort to create the ease when you're going into launch mode or else people are going to face what they come to you for sometimes, which is help. I wrote a book and it's not doing what I wanted it to do. Or I'm not monetizing it in the way. What do I do? Yeah. And some, and sometimes sadly, I mean, it does like in the, the first example I gave you about this lady who had the book out for a year when she got really clear and I kept writing and at okay so what is the result that we want mm. and she you know I well I like working with nonprofits and I like you know da, 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 like you know uh, and I had to ask multiple times God I mean I love her dearly but finally she said this I want to be doing two and three day workshops inside of corporate helping the women leaders untangle the chaos that they have on their teams. Mm. Oh my God. I thought the sky was going to open and the angel sang. I'm like, okay, now I got something to work with. Now the sad, the sad thing about that is had somebody worked with her at the beginning of writing this first book, knowing that she retired after 33 years in HR at DuPont, mm -hmm. that would have been an obvious answer yeah what does she love to do she worked in dupont with women leaders right she knows the chaos that goes on in their inside of their teams but that's not that first book she wrote yeah it wasn't targeted enough so then the second book she wrote the second book well we were able to it's not that the first book was bad like so when she speaks she sells both of them right she just bundles them together and she sells both of them but she wrote the second book really clearly targeted to those women leaders. Right. Exactly. I love that. I love that. It wasn't just a throw in the trash, but it was a re-leveraging. Now, not to say that sometimes, I mean, so here's the thing. I've seen some speakers speak on stage. I've seen speakers who are making multiple millions of dollars. I've seen speakers who are leading various industries that were both, you know, active participants in. And gone and proceeded to read their books and they were terrible, mm -hmm. terrible. They were full of grammatical mistakes, full of punctuation mistakes, um, incoherent sentences, incomplete sentences, run on sentences, concepts and thoughts that had no ending or direction. And yet these people were booking speaking gigs. They were successful in their business. I've also seen books that were amazingly written and great advice, great direction, and it's almost the best kept secret. What would you advise, you know, what do you see the person who's successful with a shitty book doing? <laughs> and what do you see someone who has a great book but isn't perceptually successful like that other person not doing? Yeah, you know, I'm guessing that, and a I, I book came to mind as you were talking about the first example, because one of the things that drives me mad, I mean, I just, I can't help it, guys, I just can't. When somebody, when I pick up somebody's book and chapters start on the left, 
chapters in a professionally formatted book always start on the right. Always, always. They start okay. on the I left. Was like, I was like, are you telling me this was on the left? Like, oh. No, 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 it, no, it, but it dry. I mean, and if I said this person's name, you would know who it is. I'm like, for heaven's sake, the man has sold me as a copy of this book. Have somebody. And it, there was redundancy and repeat information. And, you know, that he sold millions of copies, you know, of this book. Um, so, you know, I would advise they should take their Amazon reviews to heart. Ah. Anybody who read the book would have probably commented. <laughs> People can be somewhat scathing in their in their comments. But, you know, if somebody says this book is poorly formatted or it jumps around and I couldn't follow it, uh, you know, you'd be better off. Sometimes people will say you'd be better off if you bought this other book. Ouch. Ouch. Dang. Uh, you know, read the reviews. But I'm guessing the person that's highly successful probably already had a community built. Yep. So they wrote the book and it's a it's something tangible. It's a product that they sell. And, you know, they're kind of writing on that, their, the reputation that they've already built. With a situation where someone is the best kept secret, they d- probably just don't know how they can leverage. You know, the first thing you have to do is write a good book. You have to write a good book. You have to write a targeted book. It has to be high quality cover interior. If people hesitate supporting your launch or support promoting your book, they're probably not going to tell you, but they're not going to put their name behind something that doesn't look first class. Yeah. Um, I've got somebody in my world that's asking me to support her launch. She's not a client. She's asking me to support it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, not, mm, nope. Um, blow it up, start over as far as the aesthetics of it. I mean, not that, you know, just, it just doesn't, doesn't look, it's not representing her well. So, you know, someone who's best kept, if you've written a really good book, let's have a conversation Mm because there's a way to take that. And we really want your book to be a marketing asset. It's a strategic marketing asset. So if you've written a good book targeted to the right people and you just don't know what to do with it, mm. I'm happy to, I'd love to have a conversation because that can all be turned around and it's not as hard as you think. Right. Right. Key strategies. I mean, I, think, I, I would assume that visibility has a, a, you know, it's, it's not necessarily the book sales. So sometimes it can be, um, but most often it's not the book sales, but the opportunities to present themselves in terms of speaking, in terms of being able to have conversations with people because you're the author of. Um, I would assume that Amazon reviews has probably something to play in, in terms of being able to continue to establish the authority and expertise as it relates to those uh, enabling those things to happen in, you know, let's talk about ease and flow, right? So like, it's again, that strategic effort into it's easier to have a conversation when all of your marketing assets support the the single kind of story that you're telling and how it reinforces yeah. that from all the angles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and people, we just don't know. It's not anybody's fault, right? We just don't know what we don't know. Mm. So if you somehow got to the finish line with the book and you're looking at it now through the lens of how can I use this as a business asset, there's probably some key things that we could just look at and tweak and, and rearrange and you know make it work. So how often are you seeing this? This is just Kat's curiosity question. <laughs> 
So there's a lot of, you know, books that are being leveraged like in courses, right? So as you said, I mean, I think that's a great example to have a book that supports your signature system, that communicates, your, that has your story weaved into it. But what about the personal story behind the entrepreneur? Where, where is that in terms of a place on the shelf? Um, is it only in that course book kind of, you know, signature system book, or do you see that as something that is a next step after you've written that signature system book? Um, or do you think it, it doesn't do anything for, for you and your business when it, when it comes to opportunity? Uh, you know what, that signature story, when I work with clients and they, um, when I work with clients and they pull out, we pull out that story and sometimes, some, sometimes it's easier than others, but you know, when we get that signature story, that becomes their opening story. When they speak, mm. that becomes the thing that people remember them by the example. I just told you about this lady being dropped off at college and watching her parents slowly drive away. I asked her, I said, how do you think your parents felt? She said, I don't know. They're not here. So I can't ask them. Mm. Um, so I said, well, you know, I would write something in about how do you, if you have any ideas of how they might, must have felt, they dropped off their first child going to college. They were excited, but they were probably also scared for you. Right. Um, but that becomes, and, and that, that becomes like the signature piece that they use when they're speaking, when they're on podcast in content, social yeah. media, uh, you know, it becomes, the, so people get to know the person behind the book. Absolutely. Um, you have shared some amazing stuff today. Now, I know you talked about, you know, you probably answered and asked some of the questions that you share in your um, is it the nine questions or the, or the seven questions seven with questions. You know, multiple different strategies to monetize your book. Now, can you share a couple of the strategies to monetize your book and then tell us where we can find a little bit more about the other strategies that you haven't shared today? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to monetizing the book, I think, you know, the obvious things are, you know, getting on podcasts and getting bigger speaking engagements, because that's all about you know, it's about broadening our circle. The more people that know what we do, the more people that know what our message is, the more people that know who we're looking for, like the better, like we start with this circle and it gets bigger, it gets bigger, <laughs> you know, it gets bigger. So that's, that's pretty obvious and bigger speaking engagements, getting invited to speak in people's Facebook groups, being on summits, you know, all of that, um, making it a companion for a course, I want, I actually, one of the big values that I see, Kat, I don't think a lot of people think about is it's a fast way to build the know, like, and trust factor with referral partners. Yeah. So when you can hand somebody your book, if you, you know, they, you know, that they have your audience. Yeah. They have your audience, but they give, they offer something different. If you gift them a copy of your book, which you can do direct from Amazon with a little gift card inside that little mm -hmm. note um or you can send it to them in the mail but i mean who doesn't open a package that comes from amazon right yes it comes well, on your porch I don't remember what i order anymore so i have to open it in order to realize <laughs> well i mean a, a package comes from amazon and if you haven't ordered anything they're thinking well i don't think i ordered anything they're going to open it yeah so uh, that's especially important if you're trying to get to a high level gatekeeper 
Like you're trying to get like to somebody who's got a gatekeeper and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, this package came from Amazon. Well, they're curious, like they're going to open it. Anyway, that's a kind of, that's a, a kind of a gold you know, tip, send it direct from Amazon and send a little gift thing inside of it. Uh, but it cuts through, it helps you build that know, like, and trust factor faster. Mm-hmm. Because you can say to them, you know, this book explains my methodology, my approach, my, you know, how I work with clients. I thought it might be helpful. Mm-hmm. Nobody throws a book away. Yeah. I mean, nobody throws a book away. So, you know, using it for referral partners and strategic partnerships yeah. is a strategy I don't think a lot of people think about. Absolutely. Yes. And, and keeping in touch with them, you know, and it's also a reason to reach back out to uh, people who you haven't talked to in a while and say, Hey, did you know, and then send them this little something in the mail. So it really, you know, it does the thing, which I love supporting clients with is, is how do you start the conversation? Right. Right. Part of that, turning the conversation from, you know, talking about the weather to whether we should work together, that weather to weather turn of the conversation can start with what are some of the reasons that you're reaching out? And is it something that's worth interrupting their day and bothering them? And if it's a book, people don't mind, you know, people like opening up things It you know, kind of hits these, the, the pleasure zone, if you will, you know, what the excitement of what's inside. And as you spoke about at the very beginning, What's the aesthetic that they're going to perceive and feel when they open the book? If it's something that's flimsy and it's, you know, I've seen these 60 page or like 20 page books with like 52 font inside, like, and, and they do that, then you're actually doing more harm than good when you're sending them and wasting your money. But if it's something that has a hard cover or a glossy sheen or, you know, has thick or nice fonts and, you know, captivating cover, you know, that creates curiosity and how are you creating that, that experience for someone? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if people want to, like, I have a, I have a free gift that's really about the nine ways you can monetize your book. So if you go to businessbookpartners.com forward slash nine ways, then I couldn't stop at nine. So I, I'll just be I'll just admit I added a couple more. So there's more than nine in there. But, you know, because we don't really, most people don't really think about all the different ways that we can monetize. I mean, you know, creating a workshop, Mm. a paid workshop where people get a copy of the book or, you know, Mm. download and a digital download of the book as part of their registration. And, um, you know, there's all sorts of things that you can do once you have the asset. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Um, so guys, make sure gals, people, uh, make sure you check out the link in the show notes and Diana, any parting words or things that you'd want people to remember when it comes to publishing, launching and promoting their book? Well, I think the thing that, well, there's a couple of things. Like the first thing that comes to mind is like, and I know, you know, this cat, like writing a book is your own personal journey. Hmm. And what I say to my clients is that the person that changes the most in the process is the author. Hmm. And they don't really understand that at the beginning. Right. But, but I, I said, trust me, when we get to launch day and you have this book in your hand, you will be a different person than you were at the beginning. They don't really understand that, but it's about, it's a whole process of clarifying the message. 
mm. and refining the writing. There's a lot of iteration. This is not write a draft and throw it up on Amazon. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the middle. Yeah. You are a different person that now has done something that over 90% of the population says they want to do, but most people haven't. Yep. Right. So you become a different person. The other thing kind of goes back to our conversation about story. I think it takes us a while to really realize that what makes us different from everybody else that does what we do is our experience and our story. And if you if you you need to leverage that yeah. your experience and your story, that is what is going to attract people, because when we work with clients, we come to them a culmination of all of the training, all of the programs, all of the coaching, all of the mentoring, all the things that we did that like didn't work, all the mistakes that we made, like we bring all of that to clients. Hmm. And it's recognizing the value of that, hmm. and that your message matters, that there's somebody waiting, and that can only hear it from you. Like if you're, I mean, how many branding books have we all read? Like we read all these branding books. Oh yeah. Okay. You lay it down, you know, but then we find something that resonates. Mm -hmm. They could be saying this like almost the same thing, but they're saying it in a way that it's like, oh, this makes sense to me now. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. That connection, right? It's, I mean, we see all the time as, as parents or, you know, experiencing it from our parents, right? They told us something a million times and then someone, a new friend, a new professor, a new colleague, whoever comes in and says the exact same thing that your parents have probably been harping you on for years now. You come home and you go, Hey, mom, dad, did you know? And they're going, yeah, (laughs) we've been telling you that for 20 years. (laughs) Um, and it's, it's about being receptive, you know, being able to find that connection with that person and, and resonating with who they are and the essence of what they're sharing in terms of information. I love that you shared that. And I think the other thing is to remember that if we have a big message to share and we have, we have learned so much that would help somebody else, we have an obligation to do that. We, we really do. And that, and the, and the, it's really kind of a, serious thing to think about the book will be here when we're not mm. yeah you know 15 Twice. years from now somebody in a thrift store might pick up your book and that might be just the thing that they need yeah so I would just say get if you've got something inside that you want to communicate you want to you've got a big message you've got something that you need to you need to share with the world everything inside of you is going this is the time to do that let's have a conversation I'd love to have a chat and see if there's maybe something I can do to help. Fantastic. Diana, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time, your wisdom and everything that you've shared with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Kat. It's been fun. Thanks.